Good afternoon. This is Juan. It's December the 4th and welcome to Escaping the Lukewarm. So today what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to talk about overcoming sin and I'm going to break this into two parts. Uh, so the first part, I'm going to break down the things that we can do to um, overcoming sin as per the Bible. And then part two, since it's going to be a little more complicated and I'll get into that later, it's going to be discussing uh, the del- deliverance ministry, was which was part of um, the apostles and Jesus' Jesus's ministry. But like I said, that's going to take its own um, part itself. Uh, very complicated, uh, controversial nowadays, somewhat, um, but ex- essential. Okay, so let's get into this part one here. And I'm going to first start by uh, referencing Apostle Paul in Romans 6, 6-7, where he speaks about um, death with Christ, like we are dying with Christ. And this is Romans 6, 6-7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slave to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So right here, it's comparing the die on the cross, which you know that Jesus did die for our sins. And as Christians, as we let you know the, the Holy Spirit in, as we accept Christ into our hearts, our old selves that were ruled and controlled by sin will also die as well. And that's essential, you know, if you want to get rid of those strongholds, you have to see it like that. You're dying, you're becoming a new creation. And that was, de- that was, uh, the way as, as Paul, like I said, apostle Paul describes it as also dying with Christ because you're dying with like the way Jesus did, did die for our sins. We're dying to our flesh. We're dying to our sin. Jesus is our, is our Messiah. We are no longer a slave to sin. We died to that. Okay. And this is a really big one here. And this is um, about controlling the tongue. And I'm going to go over a couple of verses that reference this. So the first one is Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. And it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And also uh, reference David in Psalm 39.1, where it says, I will guard my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle. And that was David, Psalm 39. And also, uh, Solomon speaks of this in Proverbs, and he states, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. So right here, it's speaking how truly powerful the words that come out of our mouth are. And that can kind of dictate what they're saying. That can kind of dictate how how we live our lives, how we sin or do not sin. So if we're saying slanderous things, we're saying a lot of hateful things, we're gossiping, uh, we're starting our day even with a negative um, tone, like you get up and you're just, you know, kind of angry or bitter or jealous or, you know, whatever emotion of the flesh that you're letting live your life, just by stating those words alone, the words that you state can dictate how your walk with Christ goes. So he's saying, if he sins not with his tongue, you may not sin at all. And if you can control your tongue, you can control your sin. Very powerful right there, because that's Pretty much every day, pretty much everyone probably de- deals with that in an everyday basis. Just the words that we come in our mouth, we think that our actions are also the most important, 
but also the words that we state does di- dictate our pace as well. Okay, now let's move along. Uh, it's also another big one. This is unforgiveness. And I'm going to reference Matthew 6, 14 through 15. It states, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refu- refuse to forgive others, your fathers let me let me state that again. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not give forgive you of your sins. So paraphrasing that, he's pretty much stating that this is not only a command but a condition for receiving God's forgiveness. Holding on to you know unforgiveness prevents us from experiencing the full the full grace and mercy um, of God, and that's you know that's what um, that's what Matthew's talking about here. And that, you know, can be a very big stronghold with a lot of people. And it can cause a lot of destruction. As you can see, a lot of people, a lot of families, friendships have been torn apart because of unforgiveness. A lot of people don't talk to each other just simply because they cannot forgive. And if you want, and we're here, you know, asking the Lord to forgive our sins, but yet we're refusing to do the, to do the same. We're asking something of him but we're not holding ourselves accountable to the same thing. Like we want him to forgive us, but we're refusing to do and offer the same grace to others that are, might be a near forgiveness. And that could be a very big stronghold that can really hold you back, you know, in your, in your walk with God. Now next, let's move along here into dying to the flesh. And this is Paul in Romans 8, 12 to 13, which says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to the living, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That was Paul and Romans. Now let's go to First Peter 4, one through, uh, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with that same mind, for he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. So right here, he's saying, you know, we're to die to our flesh or to deny ourselves of these earthly, you know, pleasures that can lead us astray. And if you do this, you die to the flesh. You're dying to the idea of being controlled by money, being controlled by lust being controlled by substance abuse or alcoholism or pornography or, you know, whatever, you know, that flesh, fleshy desire that you're, you know, craving is, you know, and for uh, different people, it's other things. So he's saying here, deny yourself to the flesh and live by the spirit. Okay. And right here, we're going to go, go back to Proverbs here. And this is actually talking about, talking about avoiding the sin, like physically, not in a spiritual sense, for the most part, but a physical action. This is Proverbs 4, 14 through 15, where it says, enter not into the path of the wicked and do not, I'm sorry, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. So right here, he's not necessarily talking in some you know big spiritual sense. He's stating, hey, just run away from it, you know, avoid it completely, pass, don't pass by it, don't tempt yourself with it, just completely avoid it. So if you have an issue with, say, alcoholism, 
Don't, you know, tell yourself, okay, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, so now I can just hang out at bars and I'll be fine and I'm not going to fall back into my, you know, my sin or, you know, whatever, like I said, whatever your sin is. You're not to there. Try to test yourself. He's just physically saying, hey, get your body, get your mind and completely remove yourself from it. Leave it to get, you know, avoid it. it says avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn from it and pass away. Completely avoid it. You know, it's not spiritual. Let's physically do that. That's what he's saying. And now it's Proverbs 4, 15, 14 through 15. Okay, now the next one I'm going to discuss, and it, this is regarding doing his will to avoid to, to avoid and overcome uh, sin. And this is Hebrews, sorry, Hebrews 10, 5 through 7. That's when Jesus came into the world. He declared, God, you have given me a body and I have come to do your will. And also, uh, let's see, in Luke uh, twenty-two forty-two, similar situation when he was facing in the enormous trials as he did um, nearing the end of his life you know, towards the crucifixion, he stated, not my will, but yours be done. That was in Luke 22. So right there, that's just, it's just speaking that he's came, he came here to, to do the will. And by the doing the will, he was avoiding, you know, his own flesh. Like, so we should do the same. Like we're here to do, remember yourself to do the, when we, when uh, we become overcome with the temptation of wanting to just, you know, indulge ourselves in money and in all these different pleasures of the earth, which, you know, the money necessarily isn't bad, but some people let that become their life. They let that become their will, their own personal will. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to follow my lust. I want to follow my greed. I want to follow my envy, my unforgiveness, my hatred, you know, whatever it may be. And it might not necessarily even be a sin, but it is still your will, not his. But if you remember, if you remember and offer yourself, you know, hey, this is my will. I'm sorry. This is his will. I'm to do his will and not mine. And that's what that's what Jesus is talking about here. And those are things he did, you know, since he did come as a man, as a flesh, he still had those fleshy things. And he did these things to overcome it by simply, you know, stating and remembering this is his father's will and not ours. So we should do the same. If we want to be more like Christ, we have to do what Christ does. And Christ, Christ always declared everything. There was nothing that was more important than the will of his father. Okay, the next uh, thing to overcome sin be to humble yourself. And this is discussed in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, where it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and made in the likeness likeness of man and being found in the fashion of a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross and that now there was about being humble you see here <clears throat> what he's saying he wasn't trying to put himself even though yes he was jesus christ he was he is the messiah he is the king he is all powerful he did not hold himself to this you know humongous high standard that like he's saying right there, he's stating it's a robbery to be equal with God. That's how humble he was to, to his father's will. 
and he was a servant. He looked himself as a servant, even though, you know, he had all these powers. He was almighty Jesus Christ could, you know, he could perform miracles. He could do all these things. He still was obedient even until the death of his cross. You're talking about the, you know, a man, physical man that had the power to just destroy everyone who was crucifying him and torturing him up into that moment that he died on the cross. He had that power, but yet he humbled himself. He still humbled himself with all that power. That's how amazing it is. Imagine having all that power at your own hands and yet you're there being humble, being as a servant and just letting, you know, yourself get, you know, crucified. He could have, he could have ended that at any time that he wanted to, um, with all the power he could have, like I said, killed all the people that are trying to persecute him and destroyed them. But that was not his will. That was, that is not the will of his father. So he was acting as a man, as a servant a humble servant to his father. It's very, they're very powerful right there. Cause you just got to picture that in yourself. If you had all that power, would you still keep, you know, the Lord's will and let yourself die on the cross as opposed to destroying anybody that was trying to hurt you. Okay. Next overcoming sin prayer, big one right here. And this is uh Hebrews. This is also part of the last one I discuss um, Hebrews four, five, seven through eight. And right here, this discusses, I'm sorry, the states who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared though he were a son, he learned his obedient. He, he, yet he learned his obedience by the things which he suffered. Okay, so right there he's saying to overcome these things, you know, you got to get into your prayer. You got to, you know, cry unto the Lord, you know, and ask him to, you know, ask for his help, help and obedience. Very strong one. And, you know, by getting that close relationship in prayer, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not filled with other things. You're not going to, let yourself be contaminated with, you know, other things of the world that could, that can throw you off your path. Um, so go over these things again here. Okay. First, like I said, dying with Christ. So you die with Christ, like the way he died for our sins. You know, we die to our flesh. We die to our sin. You know, we are no longer that person anymore. And then controlling your tongue, you know, letting the, like the, the controlling those words, that come out of your mouth, these negative things that, you know, if you're having a bad day, you can just control the pace of your day, control your sin by just being able to control your tongue. And that was discussed, like I said, discussed in uh, Ephesians and um, talked about by David, King David and Psalm and Solomon and Proverbs. And unforgiveness, you know, there's math, Matthew's talking about that big stronghold that a lot of people carry with about unforgiveness that if, you know, we, why we do expect the father to our, and we are great, grateful for that, for, to forgive us of our sins, we need to do, he's, the Bible's commanding us, you know, it's not a necessary, uh, just a request. He's commanding us to also forgive others as he did us and show them grace and mercy. And I talked about dying uh, to the flesh in Romans, um, who we no longer, 
are subject to control or slaves to sin. We're not slaves to our lust or any other, any other things, greed, envy, jealousy, unforgiveness. You know, we died to that. Now, so I talked about those uh, Romans and in Peter. And then again, Proverbs, uh, we talk about ex- actually physically, you know, removing yourself from that sin. So if there's sin there happening, temptations are happening in Proverbs 4, Verses 14 through 15, they're saying, just avoid it. Just completely leave, turn away, go away from it. Don't try to tempt yourself. Don't try to try to beat your flesh. You just leave, period. Now we're t- and then the next one uh, we discussed um, was doing his will, that if you always keep reminding yourself, uh, humbling yourself, being obedient, reminding yourself that you are a servant of the Almighty, and it's his will over everything else, not your will. If you can't, you know, accomplish what you want to do without it affecting the Lord's will, then you're not going to do it. You know, the will of God comes first. And that's what, that's what uh, it's stated here in Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 10, 5 through 7 and Luke uh, 22 through 42. It's his will over everything. So basically be kingdom minded over everything. Kingdom minded. And we talked about humbling yourself. And that was in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. We humble yourself, and that's where God basically humble, humbled himself, remained obedient, looked at himself not higher than anyone else. He knew who he was. He knew the powers he had, but he still humbled himself as a servant. You know, he came down here to die for our sins. He knew that, and that was his the will of his father. And so he didn't let anything else get in, get in control of that. And he humbled himself and did not view himself as this all-powerful creature. He viewed himself also as man and a servant to his father. And, it talks, and the last thing I discussed was uh, getting into prayer by overcoming sin. You get into prayer. You build that relationship. You let the spirit in. You cry unto the Lord for help, for answers, uh, whatever, whatever you want him to, you know, to help, help you solve. And he, he'll, he'll give you a way out like he always does. Like it states in the Bible, he won't give you a situation you can't get out of. It might not be the situation you envision in your mind. You know, it might be something completely different, but he's not going to give you anything more than you can take. Okay. So that'll wrap it up for part one of overcoming sin and like I said, part two is going to be discussing the deliverance ministry. I did not want to make this one um, the same video because that one's going to take a little bit longer in this one. I think we're like around 20 minutes for this. The other one might be a little more in depth because it's, um, like I said, for some reason it shouldn't be, but it is controversial now in the, in the church, mainly the American church. Like I've seen pastors in other countries and this doesn't really seem to be an issue at all. Um, but when you talk about deliverance in the American church, it gets people really weird and starting to act goofy. They get mad. They start calling people heretics and, and whatnot. But the deliverance ministry, whether people want to like it or not, was a huge part of Jesus and his apostles' ministry. And then there's a lot of people that are going to say, this is not, it's not for Christians. This is for non-believers, but okay, well, 
Well, I'll save that for part two because that's, you know, like I said, that's going to make me carry on another 20 minutes. So I just wanted to discuss, you know, over, overcoming the sin, you know, with these uh, things I laid out right here. Uh, so with that, I'll try to get out that next part two, hopefully within the within the week. I was a little tied up the last pack, past week or so, um, but we'll get back on it. Hopefully I'll get it soon. So with that, hope you all stay blessed, be encouraged, uh, keep um, getting into the Bible, keep getting your prayer life up fast if you need to, and always remember, God, kingdom first, you got problems, look for God to solve it, not for man. So be blessed, be encouraged, y'all have a great one, bye.